me personally, I can speak to. I think God's had to do work in me. And I don't see him as withholding anymore. It used to feel like, okay, you're just withholding. That's so good. Like you, I've, what have I done? Like, is this because my family didn't have a, I didn't grow up in a healthy family. Like I've attached it to so much, but as I get older, it's shifted from you're withholding from me to you're doing a work in me. Hey, welcome to the Purpose Podcast. We are so excited uh, that you're spending some time with us. Hope you've really enjoyed, really been impacted by this month talking about relationships. And we want to encourage you, make sure that you, uh, what do you call it now? Like and subscribe. Subscribe was the word that was alluding to me. Whatever you're watching or consuming this content on, make sure you subscribe. Let me also encourage you, there will be moments in this podcast as I listen to these two spiritual juggernauts talk, but they didn't let me sit in. That's right. Uh, There'll be moments where you're impacted. And I want to encourage you, uh, a practice that we have whenever we experience something that impacts us, we share it. And so hit that hit that uh, share deal and share it with somebody who you just think it's good or share it with somebody who you know needs it, because I believe that will be the case. And so Rach, why don't you introduce our amazing guest, one of our best friends, and then we'll get rolling for the day. The Jessica Alston. The Jessica. There are so many amazing things to say about Jessica. Um, we'll just... Throw up a couple stats. Jessica stats. <laughs> works for, was that, was that what you would call it? Or facts? Well, this is some facts about Jessica. We, I was curious where you were going to go with stats. Sports yeah. ball. Because out of all of us, stats <laughs> are really going to have a hard time with you. She played basketball, and the, this is how this great is she is. Oh, here we go. <laughs> um, but Jessica is from originally Alabama mm-hmm. and made the journey to Knoxville, which we are super grateful for. And she serves on staff at Faith Promise Church and really influences our worship globally. Uh, so all of our campuses and sites, everything that you see on the weekend, Jessica's hands have helped to shape, and we are so grateful for the way she loves the Lord, loves people. She is the best bridge builder I know. So when you talk about like having relationships, which this whole month has been about, and loving people and serving people, Jessica is, she's an expert in my Humble opinion. I do what I can with what I have. That's all we're called to. Yes. Privileged to be with you guys. You're amazing. So we're going to talk a little bit today about uh, singleness. And Jessica just happens to be single. I am. And, um, you know, that means her life looks a little bit different. Mm -hmm. We have some people listening who have friends or family that are single or are single themselves. And sometimes in the world we live in, it feels like... If you're single, you're the outcast and you're just like waiting for Mm -hmm. this next thing to happen. So um, really, why don't you just share a little bit about what's it like to be um, a single woman? Mm -hmm. Like what's your life look like and what are some things that you walk through and wrestle with as you? Before you share that, if you're not single, don't skip this. There's because again, it's not there, just there, about singleness. Yeah, there, there's just gonna be some stuff about waiting and patience and relationships that will impact you if you're married, divorced, uh, whatever it might be. So I just want there's a lot of wisdom in our time. So I just want to encourage you don't skip past it if you if that's not your stage of life today. But sorry, go yeah, ahead. Absolutely. So I am 32, 33 this year will be my Jesus year. Let's go. Um, and so I am single and fulfilled. Both are possible. Uh, Both can exist in the same body. 
and I've experienced that. And so what my life looks like, just a little bit of that is um, honestly have more leeway, more free time, right? I'm not constantly having to consult um, someone else with my day-to-day decisions, which is freeing at some points. Me neither. (laughs) Them either. But on the flip side, um, at the same time, that could feel and look like loneliness. So I have over time had to combat um, what my life could look like or where I think I lack um, in my singleness with doesn't mean I'm alone necessarily. God, I believe in God, obviously, and I love God. And he tells me you're never alone. Right. And so holidays, um, things where people are gathering together and you just always have somebody there that can feel like, well, dang, I don't have that there. Right. But the treasure is I do have um, community relationships and God has supplemented some of that for me. So I've had to combat probably about these four specific lies about my singleness in my life. One is that it doesn't mean I'm alone because I'm single. Two is that it's not my value or my identity to be a wife, right? We've talked about that before, the idolatry of, hey, I'm going to place my self-worth in somebody else or something else. Uh, Three would be that marriage was never guaranteed to us, right? Mm -hmm. So the scripture says, hey, for some of you, it is better that you would be single so God can multiply his ministry through us, right? Our impact. And so that's a fight that I've had to go against, though, because I think, hey, man, look at look at Pastor Zach and Rachel, what they can do for the kingdom together, I think. And I do desire marriage because I think when that when God brings that person along, I will be able to multiply my ministry in a sense and have further impact. But that doesn't mean I lack anything. Right. And so God says you lack no good thing in me. If if it's good for you, you will have it. And so just constantly fighting that. And then marriage does not equal happiness. You know, Um, I've seen um, healthy marriages and not so healthy marriages. Right. And on either side, the goal isn't happiness, I don't think necessarily. And so, yeah, that's just a little bit of what it's looked like me fighting lies versus enjoying some of the really nice benefits of being single. You know what I mean? Um, I can pick up the third lie again. Uh, Third was that marriage is not a guarantee. Right. Oh, well, I I just wanted you to expound on something because. I've actually literally never thought about, because obviously we've read about Paul, marriage is for everyone, right? But I've thought about that as a choice. So somebody choosing. I could be married, but marriage is not for me. And you, you may have been able to further relationship that you knew that honor God, you know, which maybe, we, maybe we'll cover that. But you honor God so well, right? You're, you're, yeah, and, you, and you don't, you're not an Eeyore about honoring God. You honor God with joy. How do you honor God in, you know, in, in, make, in, in honoring him a decision that, he, that he's making for you? If marriage is not for everybody, at least for these 32 for sure. years, yeah. how are you honoring God in a decision that, that he made for you? Does that make sense? Because yeah. I think everybody's got at least something like that. That's right. But not all of us are carrying it with the grace you're carrying it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It's hard, right? Yeah. Um, not compromising and not settling is hard, but I have to trust that uh, God's best is for me and that's what I need to lock in with. And I have to trust that any good thing, marriage, is just a shadow of his glory, right? So what you guys represent together as a married couple is just a shadow. Even though it's awesome, it's a representation of Christ's love for his church, right? 
but that's just a shadow of true Jesus. He's my prize, right? Mm-hmm. And it's easier said than done, but I've had to truly come into agreement with God of like, yo, I'm your prize. Like in me, you have everything. Even if you you do come into that relationship, that's even, that's just going to be a shadow. Creation. I love going out in nature and seeing beautiful mountains and stuff. And he's, he whispers to me like, that's just a shadow of mm-hmm. what is to come, right? And what you can have in me. But the waiting part is trusting this is a desire of my heart. And for whoever, if it's not singleness, whatever you desire, that job, that uh, career, children, right? If that's a desire of your heart, you have to trust that he's your father, right? He created you. And if it's something good, you will have it. Easier said than done, but trusting in that. Yeah, that's good. Well, yeah, and I think that, you know, we might have briefly referenced it before, but the idol of marriage Mm -hmm. is... um, What? Clear that up a little bit. Yeah, well, I, I what I wanted, that's what I was going to ask about, is really like when you when we use that terminology, what, um, how would you just, how would you see that playing out? So specifically, um, especially for our friends who are attracted to the same sex, who say, hey, God says marriage isn't even for me, like in, in the way I desire it. Um, you're single or God's called you to be single. Hey, you're 40 now or you're divorced and you're not getting remarried. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, just like Zach said, this is a choice almost, it's being made for me. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a say, but I see this thing of marriage and I wrestle with it. How do you see marriage be an idol? Yeah. yeah, I think you go to the Bible, right? And see its original intent, right? Mm-hmm. And so the joining together, uh, God said, it's not good for man to be alone. And you see Adam and Eve coming together honestly, first with the purpose of, he says, be fruitful and multiply, you know what I'm saying? Um, To multiply ministry. That's why I flip it to see it as if you do come into that union, it is for the glory of God ultimately. Um, And then I love that you brought up, hey, I'm I'm saying same sex attracted, right? It's not for me. God's making this choice for me. He calls us in general, don't just take that that specific uh, orientation. You take any of them. He calls us to die to ourselves, to sacrifice some things for his glory, right? And it's hard. He says, bear this, bear this cross, bear this burden with me because I got you. I care for you. And so I've seen it played out to where if it's being forced upon me, I have a choice, right? I can either be bummed, Eeyore, um, God, this is terrible. You're the worst. Or I can go to how he originally intended things to be and then say, hey, I'm going I'm to trust you in it. Well, and then on like this idol, the concept of an idol, which is when we give something more mm-hmm. power, authority, worship, attention, really than God, yep. um, we see that. And hey, I can I can be satisfied in Christ after I'm married. 100%. I can be satisfied in Christ when somebody is partnered in life with yeah. me. Um, and truly, we don't need even sex. Uh, and throw marriage in there to be like to thrive as a human. Absolutely. It's incredibly unique about the the human experience and how God designed us that he ultimately he fulfills that intimacy, the yeah. need for intimacy yep. and then gave us the church body, mm-hmm. which I love that you referenced. You, know, you talked about, hey, I'm single, but God has given me this as a community, as the church. Why don't you share like, hey, what are some of the things that the the church has done to like love me in this season of my life. Yeah. Um, 
People are so intentional. Um, those that love me, you guys do it super well. Any holiday, anything like that, I'm getting a text. I'm getting a phone call. And that means so much, especially in this day and age. Reach out to people, right? It's, it's astounding when you somebody pops in your head. I think that's not just flippant. I think if somebody pops into your head, you should act on that obedience. I've been working on this. Like somebody, the Holy Spirit, I feel, drops names or situations to be a rapid, rapid in my obedience of reaching out. And so it never fails. The community of Christ, when I am believing that lie of, man, I am alone. No one's, no one's here. I'm alone. Nobody cares if I, when I get back from this conference, nobody's checking up on me, like stuff like that. It Honestly, it never fails where somebody's going to reach out to me. I'm thinking of you. Hey, come to this. We're having this, you know? And it's funny because it's that whole, you want the invite, but sometimes you don't even want to go. <laughs> you know, I've had, I've had God be so kind to me where it's just like that always supplements if I'm getting to a low place of like, man, this, this really stinks. Or I have those people that I can reach out to um, within my church community and say, you want to go see a movie? Mm-hmm. Easy. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, the church is awesome. God's been kind through people for me. Yeah. I think this is a good moment in just our 13 or so minutes together I bet everybody who's listened has been made uncomfortable at least once, whether it was the mention of same-sex attracted people, um, and whether it was divorce or uh, the thought of marriage as an idol or whatever it might be. All these things, they make us uncomfortable. They can. If we're not careful, they can make us uncomfortable. And so what I want to make sure that we bring back to, and uh, just for everybody listening, this is something that we obviously talked about beforehand and we we, we care about, but... You know, anytime you feel that uncomfortableness, you know, we're, we're pretty good at, at evading that, right? At, that we take that as I'm uncomfortable with that, not going to press into it. Um, or, or we handle, like, we get scared. You know, we get scared about something, you just automatically, you're furious, right? Um, but uh, so what, what I want to encourage you is we love people. And, and we love people, and we're actually really intentional to love people that are different than us. Uh, whether, again, that's, uh, you talk about married, unmarried, which that's probably easier but you talk about potentially same-sex attracted and some of this kind of stuff. I mean, we we've sat down. We you know we talk about we talk to Jessica. Jessica's a, a woman of God. She's amazing. It's easier potentially to talk about this stuff with Jessica. Um, but I know when we started, Rachel and I, when we started leading groups, that's twelve years ago now. Um, I would lead a young adult men's group, and Rachel would lead a young adult women's group. We do it separately, and three years in a row, bam, bam, bam. I would have. I had a, a homosexual man uh, or young man in my group. Uh, I won't use their names, but bam, bam, bam. And there was a rest, there's a restaurant really close to where we would meet. And I three different times, but one really specific time, I remember sitting in a booth with, at that point, who was a friend of mine um, who was a same-sex attracted uh, man, and he just asked me the question, you know, so you're saying, and we, we looked at Scripture, we talked about stuff, so you're saying, that I, I never get to have a relationship. According to this, you're saying that unless God radically changed my um, desires and my attractions, that I never get to have a, a romantic relationship. And I'm telling you, I, I didn't say anything, but both of our eyes filled with tears. And I said, I, when I got there, I said, yeah, yeah, if, if what matters most is honoring God, then then yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, and, and that's not necessarily what I'm saying, but that's what, that's what God's Word is saying. 
And so just what I want to encourage you in, in this is we're talking about relationships. You know, your whether it's your political affiliation or your comfort, either side, whether you're a very accepting person or you're a little more judgmental person, what, whatever side you fall, that doesn't get to dictate how you feel and how you love and how you accept. God's Word does that. And just because something's a sin or somebody may be living in something like that or struggling with something or walking through something doesn't mean that you get to respond to that how you feel, right? And so I just I just want I, I just I could just feel as y'all were talking, oh that's gonna bother some people, oh that's gonna make people uncomfortable. And I've honestly, as y'all been talking, I've just been praying for our FP students. And we're gonna make sure that this is, you know, this is really pushed uh, to our young adults and our FP students because they have to make these decisions now, right? Whether whether you're struggling with singleness uh, and you're in seventh grade or you're 32 or wherever you might be, um, it's and, and and Jess, you can talk to this, you can talk about this better than any of us. So much of it's a purity issue, and purity is not strictly sexual, even though that is rampant Preaching. right now, you know. But purity is gi- giving giving any, any parts of your any parts of yourself. There's parts of you that. <laughs> they don't belong to some boy yet, you know, and then that's that's emotional and physical. But, um, but yeah, so I I just want to say that. But how do you, what do you think about that, Jess? When it comes to walking and living in purity, when there's there's not a place to um, there's not a place to you know practice these desires that we have, you know, emotionally, physically, whatever that looks like. Yes, <laughs> it is. There's just an onslaught. And I think it's been happening. People, I feel like people blow it up for some reason, like this right now is worse than it's ever been. I think it's always been there. And you add uh, social media and the quickness we have to access things today does make it feel like it's more extreme. But this stuff has been happening. Uh, the fight between one of our handles, actually, we choose character over compromise. There's little tiny compromises every single day. Like I'm hit with them. I make tiny compromises every single day and don't always walk full of character. Right. Even though it's like this would be this is the easier choice. I'm not going to do that because God has better. And nine, not nine, ten times out of ten um, when I've chosen God's best, better than even the best thing. So good things can be compromises as well. Right. It's just not God's best for you. Yeah, I could. But also I shouldn't. Or who, who says it? Um, everything is permissible, mm-hmm. but not oh, everything yeah. is beneficial for you. And so even little stuff that's not necessarily bad or the deep, dark, nasty sins that we call it, if it's not beneficial to your body or God's best for you, we you you just have to trust and believe like what he wrote, his standard is for you, right? Anything that feels like a rule or a regulation or you sitting with that guy and saying, I'm sorry, but yeah, that was love in that moment because you know hey, you living in this way, the way Jesus has set it out, is best for your actual soul. And so purity to me is, and that's been skewed, right, over time in the church. Purity to me is knowing that you you can walk in freedom and free. I think we have a lot of uh, depression, anxiety due to some of the little compromises we make day to day. Some of the stuff that we let in that we're not even realizing. So like... um even down to music choices, it's it's wild. So like I can listen to a sad girl song and be in a mood, right? It's powerful, man. That stuff's powerful. 
or watch a certain thing and just be like, man, I'm, I'm just not feeling right. And it's because I've just opened little doors. And again, this is not to sound rules or uh, uh, legalistic. legalistic. That's right. But ultimately it, it affects my whole, my whole being. Right. And so walking in purity is just God's best. It sounds like rules and all that stuff, but I hope God can change our thinking about that. Uh, change our thinking, which is repentance, right? He's going to change your mind about a certain thing of like, yo, don't see this as um, I'm shutting you in a box. It's for you. It's for you. I want you to walk in fullness. And as we were talking about feeling complete, my verse of the year, my word is fullness. And so because I have um, walked in a lie for a long time that I've lacked, right? Whether it be my singleness or I've, I've felt like I've had to work double hard in life just to get where somebody would easily, right? You say it, you name it. I'm a black female from the South, you know? I've just felt like I've had to do extra hurdles all my life. And I was taught that. And I've, I've always felt like I've lacked in some degree and I have to make up for it, but that's a lie. And so I want to walk in Christ's fullness this year. And I think it applies to what we're talking about. My verse is Colossians 2, uh, verses 9 and 10. It says, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ. And so you are complete with your union in Christ, no matter what you may feel like you want to do or have, you're already complete in Christ, like Rachel said earlier, of just like, I'm I'm the prize, I'm the treasure. So, Gosh, I love that. Um, um, hey, would you uh, speak to, just for a second, the, the urgency that you can feel mm when you're single and you know we see like especially i love uh, song of songs which if um you're looking for something spicy to read in the word spicy. you get in there um and it doesn't really go ahead and it get doesn't in there. Really, yeah it doesn't really get me there no well it's if just you read it it's like yeah, yeah, it's, yeah your the, teeth are ivory towers <laughs> and the, the fawn stuff the breast reference the yeah, the fun, yeah. movies reference. That was when I went too far. Whenever, <laughs> when we're all processing, hey, when did this go off? It was that one right there. Anyway. Sorry. It says, <laughs> I'm in trouble now. Anyway, um, it talks about don't awaken love yeah. before it's time. Yeah. And you have, um, you know, at some of our freedom conferences you've taught, hey, why why is God ask us to just to to be like just to wait? Why does why is that caution in there? How have you seen that play out? Not just in your life, mm-hmm. but in this pursuit of purity mm-hmm. before you experience not just like um, we're talking about love and intimacy, but then also we're in this hurry for everything mm-hmm. um, to go ahead and happen. And why does God say, "Hey, I want you to wait. I just want just just enjoy this moment with mm-hmm. me. Pursue me." Why is why is that there? Because sometimes it's frustrating to live in that. Absolutely. Um, I have seen firsthand how I grew up, right? How how f- falling or not waiting for God in this area can jack you up for a long time, can jack you up for your next relationship or the next, whatever God has for you next, like just not waiting. And I think there's a, less, a lesson to be learned in the waiting. God's trying to teach us something. Um, patience, endurance, you name it, whatever fruit of the spirit you want to throw on it, you learn self-control in it. (laughs) You learn that patience and you learn true love. And a lot of me personally, I can speak to, I think God's had to do work in me and I don't see him as withholding anymore. It used to feel like, okay, you're just withholding. That's so good. Like 
you, I've, what have I done? Like, is this because my family didn't have a, I didn't grow up in a healthy family. Like I've attached it to so much, but as I get older, it's shifted from you're withholding from me to you're doing a work in me. And I, I just have this revelation of when it does happen or as it happens that it will be so quick and it will be so what he wanted to do in me. And maybe he's working on my husband. He's working something in him. Of like, it's his fault. Yeah, it's his it's fault. Gotta of be. course. I'm a dime. Come on, people. A dime. I'm a dime. <laughs> I was hoping that's what she did for her mic check, and I was really hoping it would come up. It's it's come up. I'm a dime. I don't think I'm, you know what I'm saying? I but God's had to do stuff in here, like bump all this. Like he's had to work in me. And I think he is he will work in that person he's bringing along to me. So when we come together, it is not for idolatry or just to say, yay, I'm not a, I'm not alone anymore, because that's not gonna fix a thing. If we're not if we're not already who who we need to be, this joining together is not going to fix any of my deficiencies mm. that I haven't let God work out in me. But the waiting, I think there's a lesson in it. I um, mean, God's not withholding. I had to shift that though. For to be honest, like I'm like you're just not going to do it. Um, to hey, you're working on me. That's so good. Well, as as we wrap up, I think that's a great spot. Whenever we we always want to give you something to equip you because we believe your purpose is to win your world we want to equip you to do that <coughs> and jessica talks about the hurry and as rachel and i were praying about this podcast you know just preparing we asked that hey what's the hurry and it's not just in singleness it's in whatever it might be i don't know about you but there's times where i i just get ele- i get elevated and like not not externally maybe everybody else doesn't know um i've gotten better at hiding it over the years but inside i'm elevated I'm in a hurry, and maybe I'm short with the kids, or maybe I, I'm a little distant from Rachel, or whatever it might be. And as I reflect, just being vulnerable with you, it's because I, I'm elevated, and there's this hurry. And then I start to ask the question, who wound that clock? You know, like, who set this time on you, big fella? Who, who did that? And so whether it's a marriage or whether it's a job or whether it's a financial freedom or whether it, uh, it's an accomplishment, it's like, hey, who set that? And I got to tell you, I'm living right now in the most freedom and confidence I've, I've ever lived in. And a big part of it, my circumstances are, if I'd say my circumstances are, I mean, we're going through the transition of stepping into leadership of faith promise there's which is, it's all good, but there's still like, you, you could feel like real wound up. But it's like, well, dang, what in the world am I going to do? Yeah, you know, uh, you know I, I think it's Matthew 6. You can't add a, a single minute to your life or a hair on your head by worrying. Let me have it. And so let me ask you, on a scale from 1 to 10, where are you at on being wound up? Are you, are you a 1? Hey, I'm, I'm patient. I believe Jehovah Shalom got my peace. He's got me. Are you a 10? And, you know, you're, you're in danger of a spiritual heart attack. Or whatever, whatever it is that you feel the pressure towards, it's, it's different for everybody. Where are you at? Because God's got freedom for it. He's got it. So actually, Jess, I was going to ask you if you don't mind, would you just pray? I, I, I believe there'll be more students and young adults that listen to this than anything we've done. Would you just pray a blessing of, of just peace and patience uh, over their purpose? Uh, because God's got something He wants to do in them and then through them, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Let's pray. Jesus, you're so good. And before we ask you for anything, uh, I just want to say who you are, who you've been to me. You're so good. You're faithful. 
You never leave me. You never forsake me. You're not withholding from me or us or anybody. And you're just going to be true to who you are, your character. And so before we even ask you that, we just want to call that out. And we trust in your character. We trust that in the waiting, you are working in us for a purpose, for, for a process. Um, and it's not just to uh, keep us impatient or make us feel in a hurry, like Pastor Zach said. We just rest in you. We re-anchor our hope. We re-anchor our, um, our identity in you in this moment. I just pray peace over every person that is waiting for something um, that is that has for years even got, been battling for something that they desire in their heart so deeply, so strongly. Maybe they've had it and they've lost it. God, just, just re-anchor them. Would you cover them with your peace? Would you let them know that you're with them? And I pray, Holy Spirit, you would comfort them in the waiting. And I pray that we would act, be active waiters and we wouldn't just be sitting, God, that we would just continue to run after our purpose that you've called us to, even alone, even without the job, even without the kid, God, that we would run even without the thing and know that you're with us and know that you're working in us. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you. We'll see you next time.